Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Pin the Champ. Today, we are going to be reviewing Monday Night Raw from January 25th, 1993. And I've got with me a whole crew today. We're back in effect. Sawyer is back with us guys how you feeling sawyer um i think i'm two inches taller that's a weird that's that a weird is a weird side effect, effect <laughs> from coronavirus yeah no guys i had everything i got tested <laughs> positive for covid there was like a hole in my ceiling uh possessed by a demon uh, all of these oh, the demons blood <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, man, we are glad you're all right, and we're glad you're back on the show with us. We certainly missed you. We hate that you missed the Royal Rumble itself, but uh, Ugh, what's yeah. important is that you're, you're back, your ceiling is patched up. Thank God. Um, yeah, we're, we're ready today to talk about Monday Night Raw. Uh, this Raw is cool because it's tw- uh, re- 24 hours removed from the Royal Rumble. Um, and so I do want to remind our listeners, if you haven't already, Check out this episode on WWE Network or wherever you illegally download shows and movies. So what's up, you guys, man? How y'all been doing? Good, man. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling mean, pretty good, guys. You know why I'm feeling really, really good? Uh, why? I, why are you feeling so good? So you guys, I can't remember who amongst us picked uh, correctly again. Uh, oh, okay. So as soon as he's over the Coronas, he Jesus. wants to start gloating well, about it. I'm not going to Royal Rumble. Uh, uh, what? What? I'm not. I'm not on the episode. You can't talk about how again two years running. I picked both, and might and, I, they were early entrants this year, and I was nervous. Hey, you know <laughs> this what? Is I'm, the guy, I'm not gonna lie. Listen, we're supposed to be. This is a podcast. It's about the the three guys who are like devout wrestling fans, and the guy who's like hanging out with us and learning about wrestling. <laughs> and yeah, we can't. The get guy who goes Mr. Perfect, Mr. Terrific, and yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at the same time, you were. It's understandable. The terrific Terry Taylor. Listen, Honestly, Sawyer sends though, me I a te- Sawyer sends me a group text message, like with a picture message outlining. Because uh, I was like, it's not Mr. Terrific, and he's like, oh, actually, <laughs> terrific Terry Taylor. He's like, this is where this comes from, and I was like, okay, I totally forgot that actually Terry Taylor was. Terrific Terry Taylor before he was the Red Rooster. You know, I am 40 fucking two, so I'm losing all of my brain cells. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I feel you. I feel yeah. Uh, awesome. I'm glad you're feeling it. We know you're feeling better. Everybody else is doing good. Uh, Song, how you doing? Hanging in there, bud. Hanging in there. Uh, been a, uh, been good, I guess. Cool. Not much going on. Not much going on. Kyle, what's up with you, man? Anything? Um, just work. I fell today on the. Yeah, uh, I was. I was like, should I? You took a bump. No, absolutely. I took a big old bump (laughs) on uh, my stairs today. Yeah, he took a bump today. I took. I I, like, and the thing was, I I totally brought it upon myself because I was talking with my mom, and I was like, oh, it's real bad out here. 
Yeah. And I'm wearing, I'm wearing like slips. Oh, it's snowing Look, here, by the way, everyone, slips. for people who... Yeah, it's snowing and ice in Virginia. Yeah, mostly ice, no snow. Yeah, so he's... And uh, uh, I, I was like, oh, let me see if I can walk down the stairs because I was going to grab something out of my truck. And I was like, let me see if I can walk down the stairs without busting my ass. And as I say that, like, whoop, I just like <laughs> legs up and then I slide down my stairs and like... I break a big chunk of ice off my stairs, which I'm just like, oh, God, that was my body. And yeah. I wish you had a video of that. It'd be funny. I don't, because it I was definitely that. like... Well, a, at a, first, we were like, oh, it's me okay, but videos. now we want a video. Um, make sure yeah, we uh, yeah. can all that. Yeah, off. We make some money off of that. Tom Bergeron. Hey, real quick, because I know I know we're out we're we're out of the timeline on this, but I didn't get the chance because even when we were watching the the 2021 Royal Rumble, we were all clearly watching at different times. So we hit a point where we didn't want to spoil for each other. Did y'all tear up when Bianca Belair won? Like I yes, legit absolutely. did. Absolutely. I thought that was beautiful. She won. She earned it. I think that's a big landmark win for WWE. Yeah, I mean, and her parents' response was really cool too. Oh, yeah, watching her parents. Yeah, you sent that. Did you send that to us, Sawyer? Um, we have a group chat. And no, I think, I think Sawyer I sent. sent it. Oh, oh, you yeah, sent it, Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, Jeremiah sent that to us, and it was just the reaction of Bianca Belair's parents. Dad. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> it, himself. Yeah. You know, you just. It was amazing. That that kind of stuff, like. It matters now, yeah. like as a, as, like as the wrestling product matures and as like it becomes a thing that not just we're trying to sell to ten year old kids. It's important. Like she grew up watching this kind of stuff. You know, like kids, it, watching kids who are wrestling fans become wrestlers melts my fucking heart. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 just I'll end it on this note, just so we don't derail too much. But I did want to say it's also just like for a network that's like learning from its mistakes. You know what I mean? Like everything's had a lot of bad histories. It's just like it's a prominent, respectful person of color who isn't a stereotype, who is a a talented athlete, who has worked for everything she's gotten, and. And it was really like, you're like, this is why you watch it. It's a beautiful moment. And honestly, I can't name a time I've teared up watching wrestling, but it happened, guys. That's, that's the only reason I wanted to bring it up. It's well, like, okay, I get that now. And what <laughs> I want to awesome. mention to you is that, like, what we haven't seen yet is hopefully the amazing WrestleMania moment that we will get out of this somehow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully yeah. they do the right thing here, you know. Put up against Charlotte. Put her up against Charlotte, man. She's yeah. earned it. <laughs> so um, as far as my week goes, man, uh, not, you know, we're living in coronavirus times. So, of course, not too much happens. But I did watch the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I had to text you guys immediately. Yeah. Y'all already right. knew right. about it. But I never knew that that uh, Chris Jericho uh, cameos as a Ku Klux Klan member, which is freaking hilarious just anyway i won't go too much into it because again we're not a political podcast but i just thought it was hilarious that chris <laughs> it's it's method acting that's all <laughs> so wow well for better or worse casement kevin smith does love that like meta humor and, oh, and that yeah, was and, like 90 percent meta humor and listen i didn't really I forgot that I am the same age as Jay and Silent Bob and so that I connected on a much deeper level than I thought. I, I call it death of, <laughs> oh, I call it death of a Gen Xer. Oh, bro. death of a Gen Xer. It was like, oh, this is an awesome movie. 
And uh, aside from that, I just wanted to say to you guys both and then our audience that I did stay up till, I, I mentioned this to you guys offline as well, but I stayed up till 4 a.m. trying to hear my own microphone through my headphones. Uh, so if there's any audio issues, it could be that. And uh, I keep meaning to mention this on the podcast, but again, we are working through Zoom. So I do want to mention that we apologize for any kind of audio issues you hear. We do try to edit those out, but it does happen from time to time. These are the times we're living in. So I just wanted to say that to our audience before we move forward. And now we'll get to the next episode. Of You're being Night too Rock. faced about it. If they got problems, come at me, bro. Fuck you. He's working. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, you gotta be a heel about this shit. Fuck you. Do your own podcast. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of like it when we sound uh, robotic. It's like we're like the radio head of podcast cast like little boops yeah. and boops and it's all know, super lo-fi yeah, we're exactly. running pirate radio guys right now this is <laughs> like we're, broadcast. we're like seven pump up the volume we're christian slater yeah <laughs> all right guys so this uh i think i mentioned it before but this uh raw um, takes place on january 25th 1993 sean mooney starts off the episode outside when repo man pulls up and they announce randy savage versus repo man for the night um, after that, Vince McMahon announces a few things. Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Bushwhackers, who I just realized today, never showed. He says, we'll have the Bushwhackers. I'm guessing it's because maybe the Flair and Perfect match went long at the end of the night. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he mentions the no Bushwhackers. Shit. Yep. And uh, then, they, of course, he, he announces Savage versus Repo Man. And then Flair versus Perfect. Loser leaves the... Uh, WWE losers fired. Randy Savage is the first match, and Randy Savage pins the Repo Man after the trademark elbow to open the show. Man, what do y'all think of that match? Like, I know Kyle mentioned off off camera <laughs> earlier that really there were no real, only one great master yeah. on the show, but and I agree. Which is a shame have... they built it up so much in that last episode. <laughs> Right, right. Well, I want to just go back so to the much. beginning before the match. That you guys notice, Repo Man showed up in a tow truck from the last. Oh, yeah, episode. that was awesome. That was, at I least they that. kept that, you know. Yeah, so that was pretty cool to actually follow up on a storyline. That I, doesn't I happen anymore. That. That's also and, that other um, side of wrestling that really lends itself to kids, where you're like, "Ooh, big trucks right. too!" Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always big trucks. <laughs> I don't know if he had Bartlett's car behind that tow truck. I couldn't remember. Any one of you guys remember seeing that or not? Uh, I was in that car. Yes. Stories in his in his in his little uh, uh you know right. uh, child seat in the back seat. He said Salt <laughs> was going to be in it, and I don't I think that was that true. <laughs> Uh, the my favorite comment that was made during that match was with uh, Bartlett re uh, referred to Savage's bald spot as is that a flesh colored beanie Savage has on? <laughs> Dude, yeah, Bartlett had a joke that landed in this episode. But you know what was great about this episode? Um, though they had Bobby Heenan as the commentator to go oh, yeah. man and Bartlett, and I think Heenan really kept Bartlett in his place. I love Heenan. Yeah, <laughs> every joke that uh. Bartlett made Heenan just put him down, which was fantastic. Well, and, and know, Heenan does right. what Bartlett's supposed to do better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the whole point is you want like a funny, goofy, off-topic guy, yeah. but well, Heenan knows what he's talking call, about. Right. And Bobby Heenan straight up call him out for not knowing the product, which was uh, <laughs> amazing. 
Wow. Yeah. Oh, that actually reminds me real quick. OSW, which shout out to OSW. Kyle and I were watching a few weeks ago. Oh, um, and it might actually be this specific Raw episode, if I'm not mistaken. They have a guest video clip from Rob Bartlett admitting that he was not qualified. He was a complete <laughs> idiot. And everything they've made fun of him for is 100% justified. So, jokes aside, that's, that's points in my book. Like, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. If you have that link, we should post that to our page for our... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Bartlett Bartlett actually seems like as much as I uh, like to give out about Bartlett, I, I definitely think he he seems like a fun dude. Uh, your dad's not a bad guy, Sawyer. I guess. No, no. Well, he raised a good kid. Um, in terms of that match, I would I would only say that like thirteen thirty. That's how long it was. That's how, oh, was it really? Thirteen minutes. It felt like it. It felt like it. Like that's exactly <laughs> it. Like my my. My only criticism, like I, it, two incredible workers, Barry yeah. Darso, Randy right. Savage. Like, there was just nothing to the match. It's just right. and the, and like the commentary. If you're introducing it. a character, if you're introducing a character like Weepo Man, put him over. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, don't have him. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, have him go uh, a good solid thirteen mm-hmm. minutes with with the Macho Man shows yeah. that he's not a slouch, but like. Macho Man's not even a full-time wrestler at this point. Put him over. Yeah. Who cares? Well, right. they had Macho Man jump them before the bell, too. I guess maybe that to make it look like the wind wasn't that, um, you know, all clean. Yeah, right. But at the well, same time, it was it was a glorify, um, I guess, squash match for Macho Man, really. He dominated most of the uh, match. I did enjoy, did you guys see Earl Hebner jumped off the ring to try to grab the chair from Love uh, that. Repo Man? Yes. When yeah, he was that was great. Yeah. That was pretty, uh, yeah. While you're mentioning that, Hebner. while you're mentioning that, I actually wrote down something about that chair. Did you notice that that, that chair was not a folding chair? It looked almost like yeah. an antique <laughs> chair. I was like, what is he, what did he go antiquing and then smash like a chair? A, <laughs> like one of those elementary school, old school chairs. Yes, yeah, exactly. It was amazing but uh to Sawyer's point as well uh it just you know like you said Sawyer you said because they mentioned you know they had the storyline going from the last match it's actually from the last couple of Raws it, it kind of carried over I think yeah and, and for that to be kind of the blow off was a little bit disappointing I hate to say it but I mean we we love Randy Savage and Randy Savage matches are usually great but this just wasn't it felt like a long match uh, well, he was on his way out at that point too, right? Like that's what yeah. you guys are kind of saying. Like at this point, I think that's kind of the double-edged sword of it. Yeah. Is like the better story would be to have them have a long-going rivalry because you have right Repo Man continually getting under Macho Man's skin. That's a great run. That's a good yeah. Bet. Over the hat. Let's not forget. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I love because Macho Man, the the line between the character and the man is so very thin. Yeah, and there might not be such, a line. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. exactly. And well, it's what, what so wonderfully all good wrestlers are just themselves cranked up to a level. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you get that Yosemite Sam thing. So if you take away Yosemite Sam's hat, he's gonna freak out, and that's what you love. It's so childish. It works. But... Our nation. And also, yeah. <laughs> so, also something from the match that I, uh, you know, never would have really been on my radar as a kid was Heenan and Bartlett's commentary on Bill Clinton's inauguration saying that uh, like repo man uh, made more sense than bill clinton and all that stuff there was so much commentary so much on the inauguration stuff. of bill clinton yeah 
flew right over my head as a kid. But Although yeah. Bartlett did a really solid Rush Limbaugh impression. He, that's uh, true. He finally knew I, that. I, I, was, I was like, as, as, as a you know, person who doesn't like Rush Limbaugh, I was like, oh, wow, that's like really legit Limbaugh. Yeah, well, he like, was an avid listener, you know. So <laughs> well, he might have been. He was on Imus in the morning. So so um, yeah. After Re- after Randy Savage gets that win uh, over Repo, the next segment is Kamala with Slick defeating the Brooklyn Brawler Steve Lombardi by pinfall. Now, one thing that I did not remember or catch originally was that this was Kamala's WWE and ring debut. What, did you know? Was that? it really? What? Yeah. I mean, maybe. No, he, I thought this is his base debut. He was with Wimpleman before it, Slick. And did he not wrestle when he was being managed by Wimpleman? So I didn't think so. But according to the the internet, which I forgot to even write down my um, resources this time, so I really apologize for this. Probably the first thing to come on. Kamala makes his oh raw and ring debut. Okay, and this is his January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. Okay. The wording was off because I thought Kamala had had a tenure way before in the 80s. Plus, additionally, this uh, go around, he had been with, like you said, like Harvey Wibbleman before. Well, uh, keep in mind, Raw is like extremely, we're at the infancy of Raw right now. So almost anybody who's on a match right now is making a Raw debut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, based on the WWE page on YouTube, they literally bill that date, January 25th, 1993, as. Kamala's ring and ring debut. See, that's what that's what I was looking up and getting confused right. yeah. about. It's just the wording. Um, so, Bart, in, in terms, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say just a real quick backstory on uh, what's going on with uh, Kamala. Uh, he lost to the Undertaker at Survivor or at uh, Survivor Series uh, casket match. Uh, at which point, Kimchi and Harvey Whippleman start to mistreat him. They beat him up. They slap him around, and then Reverend Slick comes in and intervenes, and he is humanizing the Ugandan giant, introducing him to such activities as bowling and and table manners and stuff right. like that. I remember so those he's, at, at this point, the he's essentials. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're starting. They're starting the feud. They're about to start Kamala's feud with Kim Chi. Yeah, exactly. Who, who I think was played by Steve Lombardi. Steve Lombardi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say it's also Steve Lombardi. Yeah. Crazily enough, but uh, one thing I thought was funny about the commentary on this match was Bartlett referring to Kamala, and our younger listeners will not understand this reference, but to uh, to Kamala as Nell Carter. Uh, <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> Uh, I uh, another hilarious thing while I was doing research I, I actually looked up on Google if Kamala did his own ring makeup but I got images of our vice president <laughs> our current oh, vice president no. Kamala Harris oh she whether she does she her own makeup oh, okay. I, I couldn't find out whether what? Kamala does I bet yeah. she does I bet yeah. she does it would be great if the images came up of Kamala Harris in the Kamala in the Kamala <laughs> no that would be bad that would be bad bad. (laughs) (laughs) so i have a question for you guys around kamala in general in this match how did you guys feel about the whole kamala not knowing how to pin his opponent gimmick like trying to pin them on their belly at first loved it okay i loved it it. yeah i i I mean like as a kid i loved it (laughs) as a as an adult who knew kamala's 
right? Like, even as a kid, I knew Kamala was a wrestler before. And I was like, did he always have this problem? Or he, is he like Dory from, uh, from uh, you know, uh, Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo, oh, right. does he forget? Just keep on reading out of Yeah, he's had like a two-minute memory. It, it, it is it is 100% the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. To but, get to the main event, it seems like you at least have to know the rules. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, I, I think it's so it's stupid. Hilarious. But, like, it's very, for me, like, his match is so bad. So, like, I have to find something to, like. Yeah, to love about uh, it. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, my, my entertainment comes from him not knowing yes. how to pin the the Brooklyn Brawl. Kamal always has right. a great his character work is awesome too you know um, like his yeah and his faces slaps. and his faces oh he got a ham for all that time you know? it's a lot you know um, but yeah. what was he, he's forty three at the time he's about forty three I think wow oh, was he really I yeah no he was born nineteen fifty so he's forty three yeah, years old so that's the other reason this is probably a little bit of a hustle for him at this point. <laughs> right, right. after the was he supposed to be a comedic character that he plays uh, or like when he came out he's supposed to be savage right like just a beast yeah. but yeah like, it, over, in, in other promotions he was, he was just like i was gonna say like he came out he's supposed to be like this savage beast and then like over time he just became like a uh, comic relief character for the wwf um yeah. which was I, weird um, i think that was a problem at the time with uh, a lot of characters in WWE like similarly when Tony Atlas came back to WWE they positioned him in a horrible and very racist gimmick Saba Simba yeah uh, with his you know, dancing right. and his throwing over the spear right well exactly. they have that great yeah. glow episode too where they kind of have that moment of pause because they all rotate characters and then they have some of the white ones playing them and right. they're like oh wait and like but that's what you do every night and they're like oh wait like and it's interesting it was nice to see them have a conversation about it you know like i don't feel like a lot of people were really even having that moment back then (laughs) to do that right so kind of speaking to what you were talking about vince interview uh, to what kyle was talking about vince mm -hmm. interviews slick and kamala right after the the uh brooklyn brawler uh loses to him uh, Slick thanks the people for Kamala and what they've done to help Kamala and his face turn and him becoming civilized, um, so to speak. Uh, then we get the post-Rumble report with Mean Gene. Again, I missed the hell out of these bits, and I wish they still did this for pay-per-views. He talks about Love potential them. match. Yeah. So you kind of get the rundown of what the highlights were supposed to be from the Rumble. He talks about the p- potential match between Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. He talks about Bobby Heenan unveiling the narcissist. And then he talks about, of course, Giant Gonzalez's debut when he attacked The Undertaker. I love it. I love seeing Mean Gene. I think the old reports are great. Yeah. I think that, like, it brings... Pay-per-views just don't seem special anymore. They're once a month. Real well, quick, that, you don't have to pay like right. I don't have to pay like twenty dollars right. for right. it. I like them still, but like I don't know. Have we also discussed kind of stuff? Like always made it seem like it had gravitas. Like you're like you. Oh man, I shouldn't have missed that. I can totally understand where you're coming from there, man. Like it's it's all of what you said, uh, and just when something happens less it's more special. If it happens yep. 12 right. times a year, 
Uh, and then you get the NXT specials. And like you said, you got the network and it just comes with so much content back in the eighties when we were kids, it's a special event when mom and dad plunked down 20, 30 bucks for you to see yep. mania. And it's an event you're making popcorn. It feels special. And that's why it's always fun when we can get together and, do pay-per-views because it makes it feel special again right? absolutely definitely well, back then you know now after the pay-per-view we can just get the replay or we can even yeah. just watch highlights on youtube back then after the pay-per-view you gotta wait till the vhs comes out if you didn't get to see it if you want to you know watch any of the uh matches or anything like that so yeah. you're right um so if you didn't see the pay-per-view live the only way you knew the uh, result was the those like short rumble report or pay-per-view report that they would run on monday night raw afterwards yeah would, they, would those kind of things make would any of them make decent headlines were they even covered in like newspapers not newspapers mm-hmm. um maybe like espn like espn would at this time i think would yeah still, espn i would figure would cover would it. still cover some of that stuff but it would be like fourth page shit you know right. like you, like this is like you have to go in and and I don't even know if ESPN, like the magazines and stuff, like they may have had like an article buried deep in, but like yeah, you know, you the, know the Rumbles must have made headlines though, right? Well, like I feel like not really. really. You know what it was more? It wasn't part of our uh, like now. It's like huge uh, kind of like part of our pop culture. Motto culture. In the nineties, it really like, was not like more like, like, like a whole fucking win. Listen, it was more like mania. And more in the city that it was happening, it would make it. Yes, yeah. Like if if you if you had like um, mania happening and in in New York, they would like I'm sure a New York newspaper would talk about like it. Sure. But in terms of like national news, not really. You know, I mean, I not, could see that, but not even like Hulk Hogan or, or Macho Man or any of those like household names. Not as much. Not as often. Mm. You from time to time, especially if a celebrity was involved, sure. but only then. Yeah, uh, I would say John Cena now is maybe more of a household name than Hulk Hogan was then. Oh, hundred percent. But that's because him and and The Rock also are like like my mom knows who The Rock. They're is movie stars. Right? They're, yeah, they're, like that's the thing is. But that's what I mean, like a household name. Like my standard is if I can say it to my mother and she knows who I'm talking about, that's a household name. Hogan you know? was iconic like, and he showed up on a lot of shows and movies, but yeah. mainstream media wouldn't necessarily cover it as much Agreed. unless Hollywood was involved, like a Mr. T or a, a Muhammad Ali. Liberace. Liberace yeah. around Because media. I know they would do those sort of kind of crossovers, like exactly. real life crossovers. And you know, WWE is always great for having those celebrity visits. Right. I'm going to start looking into some. I'm I'm gonna see if I can find some big time headlines because I that believe would be fun. I believe you, but I now I'm like, man, let's let's. It, it's gonna. Be- they exist. They exist, yeah. but it's not like it was. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's not like it, it was, and it's not like it is now. Like it is really, now. Where? Yeah. Where you? Well, I think see- they probably would have covered Owen's death, right? Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that was something. That like, was a huge thing. Well, yeah. The, well, Sawyer, the reason they covered Owen's death was um, wrestling was always looked at as a. It was a negative thing. So sure. they're like, oh, see, we told you. They do not care about their performer. They, uh, they went on with the show. So anytime a like, tragic story happens in wrestling, oh, they, they would cover that. But like the um, feel-good type stories and all the good stuff that wrestling, yeah, that's just kind of like hidden down in like the 
second page is something. I think it'd be like golf, maybe. Like it's not always gonna. No, I think I think Song hit it on the head. It's they anytime the media could use it as a like a, hey, this is a bad thing, or like kids, you know, don't let your kids watch this, or like, oh, look at this druggy wrestler doing this kind of thing, like that. Then they would have no problem sharing national news stories. They'll have a field day with those stories. Yeah, because in terms of like things like. Oh, isn't it cool that like you're seeing, you know, uh, Ron Simmons win the WCW championship, you know, yeah. you know, for the first time as as the first African American championship. Mm-hmm. You you probably didn't see that on any kind of national news. Because yeah. at Which the end of the day, insane. Sawyer, what it is is I think that back in the day, uh, pro wrestling wasn't really a pop culture phenomenon. It was oh, kind of during it was kind of during the rock and wrestling area, but there was a time before for that where wrestling was looked at as more of like a carny thing and like oh, a, sure like a right. southern kind of red it was kind of frowned upon almost oh, definitely. kind of criticized for being fake yeah. uh, you know all that shit but yeah uh, i figured hulk and macho man were kind of the exception that proves the rule though but, hogan but it's was fun. especially we'll research hogan yeah, was especially I, yeah yeah but we'll, we'll we'll circle back to it. But that's good food for thought. It does make yeah. sense. I can I, believe it. Yeah, I love. I would that just think they would at least cover it a little bit. But they do. I'm gonna do some research. Where I trust. I, I believe you. It's certainly not as big as it is today because the fact that I'm jumping back into it myself. I, You'll I, find stuff, but it just won't be like you would today with the internet. No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. So finally, for the main event, Mr. Perfect pins Ric Flair with a perfect plex in a classic match. They had a ton going on. Uh, some highlights from this match were that uh, at some point, Hina had a hammer in his pocket during this match. Flair uh, at another point hits Mr. Perfect with, uh, like I was saying before, what looks like an antique chair. Uh, Perfect gets uh, color. He looks like he cut him, himself pretty deep, too. Uh, Flair tries to get the dirty pin and a dirty submission off the ropes a couple of times. Uh, one of my personal favorite moments was when uh, he hits uh, with perfect hits the flying clothesline into a sleeper hold. It just looks all dirty and uh, like it was not. It was just like improvised and uh, a lot of false finishes in this match. Uh, but uh, at the very end, Flair hits Mr. Perfect with the brass knuckles when the ref is not looking. Uh, Flair tries to pin Perfect, but Perfect's boot is on the rope for the whole count. <laughs> Uh, soon afterwards, uh, we get the perfect plex for the win, guys. Uh, what'd you think of the match? Classic. I the match. Um, a question to you guys, because I'm not sure about this. Was this Flair last match because he was leaving for WCW? Was this the match or no? Because he yes. was really hamming it up as the uh, villain here. Yeah, this was his yeah. very, this was his, he, he, he wrestled some house shows. They actually mentioned that at the end that he's got some obligations to house shows. But uh, other than those house shows, that's his exit back to WCW. Man, he played the villain perfectly in this match. You got the figure four with his hand on the rope trying to get leverage. Every single trick in the book he was doing. I, I thought it was a really fun match to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Flair is that gold standard for a heel. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if, if you're doing it on that level, because it's someone that's having fun doing it, and you love to hate him because he's because he you love was him at having it fun. This whole match, it looked like he was having fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, quote Royal Tenenbaums, you're you're a true blue. You're a true blue. <laughs> 
Um, I did want to mention, uh, going back to saying that uh, Mr. Perfect got color in this match. Yeah, he uh, did. Sawyer, uh, I know you're kind of uh, trying to rep the newbies, so <laughs> do you already know what color is? You know what? Actually, that, this is a good point. Yeah, so help me. Okay, here, tell you what. I'll, I'll venture my guess, yeah. and then you guys tell me if I'm right or not. I feel like color is like visible, like almost like exhaustion. Like he's sweating, he's pouring. He's that's a good guess. That's a great fucking guess. Except yeah. he's pouring. It's when he pours blood. Blood. It's when it's actually. It's oh. called getting color. Oh. That's the blade job. See, I'm always just off. Just, I'm right. just. Yep. <laughs> so the thing about it is, is in the business they say there's two ways to get color. There's the easy way and the hard way. The easy way is when they will hide a blade in their um, their tape on their hand or in their in their trunks, and the hard way is when they actually take that chair upside the head and it's, get split open. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So in the business, that's kind of uh, what what that's all about. Right. In terms yeah, of color. getting yeah. color, getting it's weird. Getting the juice, I yeah. feel like, is also another one, but juice is also code for steroids, so. We're going to have to do an episode where we flip the script, and you guys have trivia questions on terms we've defined, and whether I know them or not. Oh, you know, that'd yeah. be fun. Me by no, I mean, we'll give it like 10 episodes or something, so I get a few in my back pocket. We'll yeah, see absolutely. if I've been paying attention. Um, another thing I want to point out about this match, and as a kid, I always noticed this, and I still love it as an adult. I always feel like anytime Mr. Perfect has puts one of his straps down on his uh, on his shoulder, that means this is one of my signature Mr. Perfect matches. This is the match that I'm into because he only would do that uh, yes. in a couple of different matches, like him versus Bret Hart. Uh, just you only really see that in matches where Mr. Perfect's trying to say, "All right, dude, I'm uh, exhausted. It's time to put the fucking strap down and and." Uh, and, and give it my all here. So he, this was one of those matches, and I thought it was kind of cool that he he did that during a Ric Flair match. I I completely agree. It's like Angle does it too. I, I, like it's 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 a uh, if you Ballers. wear if you wear a singlet with two straps taken down, the straps is that's showing you mean business. That's like all right, shit's on now. Like it's exactly. it's it's. And it's rolling up the sleeves. Yeah, it's a simple, brilliant character work that you just like. I I just applaud it whenever I see it because it's it's a simple thing. It's a super simple movement that you do. You're just oh hey I'm taking these straps down or I'm taking like with Lawler like you said he has the one strap so he takes the one strap down and yep. you know he does the he kisses his fist and when when he does the the fist you know it's. It's that bit of theater that's missing in contemporary wrestling. Correct. I would, in, in all but in all but the best wrestlers, it is missing. Is the yeah. show? I agree. Yeah. And I and I, I'm I don't know if I'm right about this, but I would imagine that it has to do with doing something that the audience in an arena can see, even if they're in the nosebleeds, that is translatable into all right. This means business, like you said, Kyle. Sawyer, why don't you uh, it, it speak a little bit on the theater aspect of what Jeremiah is saying? Playing to the, the playing to the yeah. eaves, playing to the nosebleeds, isn't that a big theater thing? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's it's any sort of tell. You know, it's the 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 Chekhov's gun, if you will, too. You know, there's that old saying: if you introduce a gun in the first act, it's got to go off by the third. Yeah. So it, it's that little bit of showmanship. I mean, that that's needed. That goes a lot farther. Um, you know, I always tell people my love of theater. If you want to understand my specific perspective on wrestling, the South Park episode of wrestling sums it up perfectly, <laughs> where they treat it like cattle call Broadway audition. And there's a part where it literally breaks into one giant fight, and they're not talking about the drama and the soap opera anymore. And like, this is lame. Let's go home. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and the heel is the guy that loves true actual like classic unitard wrestling catch can kind of yeah yeah speaking of theater uh heaton also gives us a bit of theater at the end of this match when he gets bleeped out um that was awesome that was a highlight for me so good um oh an age of bleeping too you know that that's a 90 that think that that's a dated (laughs) thing 90s thing you know they don't bleep as much because certain networks they're just like we can get away with swearing now it is what it is (laughs) yeah absolutely um, I don't know if you guys have noticed it or this or not, but uh, if you didn't, uh, and I'm talking to my, my co-host as well as our listeners, if you didn't notice, go back and it's the first sincere thing that Bartlett said on Monday Night Raw was, that was an amazing match, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? He actually... Oh, my father was never the same since. Yeah, he, yeah, he actually, <laughs> he, he's actually... You can tell he sincerely has dropped his bullshit and is like, oh, shit. That's why people like watch wrestling. But, yeah. Um, Aside from that, uh, we, of course, know back to what Song was asking earlier that this main event was to write Flair off of WWE TV because he was headed back to WCW, where he would very soon thereafter challenge Vader for the WCW title. Yep. Yep. So uh, that's about the end of the episode, but uh, to close the show, I think it was Vince that announced Doink, uh, doink sorry, I've had a little bit of uh, whiskey today, guys. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm slurring the doinks. Uh, also, Bartlett gets inside your head. You're yeah. starting to, now how is it pronounced? I've heard yeah. it pronounced 10 times. I thought it was Dork. Dork the Clown. Yeah. So it's Doink the Clown versus Typhoon for next week. So we've got a, an amazing Doink match to look forward to. Uh, so overall, guys, we, 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 uh, I think we all agree we love the episode because it was headlined uh, by that great match. And it was kind of like a one-match show, really, to be honest, like you said Absolutely. before, Kyle. It, uh, but it was a, a, a hallmark, you know, raw uh, for sure oh, because gosh. of that. What well, it's almost like why compete? You know, you you can't. You're you're not going to build a better story than you know, Flair and Perfect. There, it's ever. I mean, it, again, you know, we're these are old episodes, and I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see who wins next week. Yeah. Is I've been following this now. You, know, you, you watch the run, and there's there's a nice closure on it. Having a blast. I would have liked a little bigger Repo Man, Macho Man, but you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with their individual stories. Um, we want to ask our listeners, what did you think of the episode? And uh, before we get off the air here today, we have some business to attend to. Kyle, talk to us. All right, guys. So I believe the last time I proposed a Kyle's question, I asked you, in, in an era where we were seeing, you know, comedy really just, you know, for our, especially for our generation, bloom in a lot of the, the comedians that we see, 
you know, a lot of a lot of famous comedians came out of the early '90s, and I said, rather than Sawyer's dad, Rob Bartlett, who would you have chosen to be the '90s comedian that Vince hired? So why don't we go ahead and start with Jeremiah? Uh, love the question, and I had to do a little bit of thinking here because I want to make sure I, I I came up with something that would really be fun. Uh, so I'll go, I want to say my first pick, I'll let everybody else go. Cause I don't want to be my second pick to be their pick. That would be bullshit. But I do want to say my second pick if nobody says it. Uh, but my first pick was Dave Chappelle. Uh, gotta go with, gotta go with the greatest of all time. I'm, I got to imagine he's a wrestling fan. I looked it up and couldn't see anything specific. I know he's hung out with the undertaker, uh, but I don't know if it, he's like a legit fan, but I would assume so. And I, hopefully if Dave Chappelle ever hears the show, which is a, a, a would be a dream, uh, he'll, he'll let us know. But uh, uh, yeah, I think, and, and I want a side note, uh, I was confirmed that my answer was a good one when uh, Pui didn't even know that that was my pick. I hadn't talked to her about it, but then Pui hit me up today and let me know that she heard that the Chappelle show is coming back to HBO. So I don't know if that's it like is. new episodes or what. Yeah, it'll be new episodes. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Excellent. All right. I like that. That's a good one. That's a solid one. I, Thank you. A young Chappelle would be very good. Too, I mean, he'd make it entertaining, you know? He was like super high energy back in the day. Yep. Too. Yeah. I would say Drew Carey. Ooh, okay. Only for the fact that he's, he's been affiliated with the WWF. Um, he's in their Hall of Fame, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's he is a Hall he of Fame. He's celebrity. been in the uh, Royal Rumble. Um, yeah. And he's always, uh, I think he's a um, good host. He's um, from Whose Line Is It Anyway? That's a funny show. Um, I think he'll make a great uh, commentary team with um, Vince and uh, Macho Man. That's cool you said that. I actually mulled he's, that over in my mind as well. I did think he's about quick Chicago. on his feet. He's quick. Like, I don't think you can throw him off. And I think he knows the product. Oh, absolutely. He's very quick. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he's he's actually a funnier, uh, you know, comedian, I think, than, than people give him credit. Right. So, so I thought they only know him from his TV show where he's just reading the script. Like, if you watch his stand-up, he's hilarious. What about you, Sawyer? Well, here's the thing. I feel like the third commentator in the question is, uh, is you've already got two experts, if you will. At least Vince is an expert. Macho Man is and isn't. <laughs> he, he, he knows what he's doing, but he's also got his own thing going on during the show. So clearly the third component, like you said, is a comedian, someone that's almost adding punch up, if you will, to the show. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I feel like it's someone that shouldn't annoy Vince because there, there's a clear understanding that he feels like he's made a wrong choice with my father. Um, so I and and how being the resident dramaturge of the group, can we sure. add more theater to the spectacle? And and what's truly missing to take it from that next level? And I think it's sound effects. And I think if you're going to bring in a comedian who's going to be able to provide some sound effects to this show, I think who better than Police Academy's Michael Winslow to add some splats, some bumps, some God. bruises, some squishing. Damn it. Uh, Dude. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. That would be amazing to hear. That would be amazing. Man, okay, you see. Is going to be amazing? <laughs> yeah. Would be, I mean, can you? Imagine it, would be, like, it would be, but it would be also awesome. 
<laughs> like, look, you're not going to necessarily pay to see Michael Winslow in concert, but you're going right. to pay to see wrestling and you'll love it if Michael Winslow's there. Yeah, like, if, every time like, he you looks up, he's right. like, uh, maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, dude! A, a fall, yeah. You have a little yeah, like that like, whistling, and then a yeah, splash. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can have him. Uh, it's like that uh, that King of the Hill where Bobby starts making sound effects when his mom just starts walking in the room. He goes, eh? when she opens the door, he goes, squish, 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 squish. squish. <laughs> it's like having a bad lip reading. Here's, here's the thing, too. I I tried to do mine based off of Vince's sense of humor, which is like a really crude kind of like juvenile sense of humor. And I think you might have picked somebody better, not just because they also fit Vince's humor, but I, I just think it's a good choice. Yeah. Damn. I, you, you, normally, normally the professor wins these, but I'm, I'm going to say this. Like, my choice of Andrew Dice Clay is, <laughs> I still say fantastic. Yeah. I still I say like it's a too. wonderful It's it, it would be fitting. It would be It would fitting. be super fitting. I think it would fit with the audience. I think it would work with like the oh hey Hickory hey. Dickory Duck Macho <laughs> Man sucked my oh hey, you know, like, Hickory Dickory Duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are we gonna see the rock? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like all that. Plus, I feel shit. like he probably was yeah. a fan. I feel yeah. like he's a guy who would at least maybe yeah. at least a casual observer. But. I feel like any any blue collar comedian, uh, not excluding the blue collar comedians, uh, <laughs> yeah, are, are wrestling fans. Yeah. Uh, and and so, but but man, I. I was gonna pick my own like I normally do, uh, but <laughs> that damn, awesome. yeah, <laughs> you, 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 on this cold February or January day? Nope, February, cold February <laughs> day. You brought you, you, uh, you, you, you de-iced the professor's heart, um. and you definitely got the correct answer. The correct answer being Michael Winslow from the Police Academy films. <laughs> Awesome. And this is just before Mission to Moscow, too, if we're talking in chronology, too. <laughs> hey, to all of our penheads out there, um, who, what 90s comedian would you guys have picked, man? Uh, yeah, we'd love and, to hear. And, and we also would love to know, uh, who, in your opinion, who won, who won Kyle's question this week, right? Uh, I mean, well, we know, according to the professor, it was Sawyer. What'd you guys think? Uh, either which way... Uh, <laughs> is it time for Sawyer's trivia? I believe it is. I believe it, it is. is. I think we're all a little drunk too. At this yeah, point. yeah, we're a little drunk now. That's it, then, it's, then it really is pub trivia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yes, let's do this. I'm ready. All right, all right, guys. I'm gonna put on my mortar board and. Uh... <laughs> Since it's going to be a while, unfortunately, before we're going to see him again, just because he did lose to Mr. Perfect, right. uh, it is going to be a Ric Flair-themed episode. Um, Woo! Now, you can ask yourself, guys, do you want to do the bare minimum amount of Flair, or do you want to go above and beyond? Because you I don't know, think it would be fair to Flair if we didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, fair to Flair. It's yeah, we've got to be fair to Flair. got to be fair. All right, cool. Um, I um, I have a few softball questions in there just to get us going, but I think I got some. Like literally questions. about softball? Yeah, it's all about his softball those are, league. Those are um, those are only. <laughs> I, I know nothing about softball. I only bring that big, big I know. Internet. I know Randy Savage played baseball. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, Sid, Psycho Sid. He was. Oh, uh, he, he, yeah, he was a big softball player, yes. and then uh, Braun Strowman's dad was a professional yes. softball player. Oh wow! Yep. All right, yeah. sorry. 
We'll have to do an episode featuring professional <laughs> softball players. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. All right. So first, I'll say, remember to flip your guys' answers to your messaging just oh. to use your phone. Oh, yeah. Oh. I almost totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, either way, whoever got it, it first, I'd give credit to. Two. Okay. Get your, get your boards ready to answer here. Again, it's right. Ric Flair themed. Um, okay. Is everyone ready to go? Uh-huh. All right, cool. All right, first and foremost, I think this is an easy one. Where was Ric Flair billed as hailing from? Where was Ric Flair billed as hailing from? A, Atlanta, Georgia. B, Tampa, Florida. C, Charlotte, North Carolina. Or D, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Fucking A. Let's check our answer. Thank you, song, but I also agree with your answer. I had a feeling everyone would know the answer. The correct answer is C, Charlotte, North Carolina. And I have a question for you guys and our listeners at home, if anyone can confirm it. I have not been able to thoroughly research it. Does anyone know if Charlotte Flair is named after the city of she Charlotte? She is named after the city of Charlotte. Is that, okay, good. So, yeah. Me and my buddy were it talking about that, and we're like, I don't know, and I wasn't able to confirm. Yep. So, she, little she, fun is, fact. she is named the after the beautiful, beautiful city. Yep. The queen the herself. Queen city. Yeah, queen city, baby. All right, anyways, all right, what type of match, and these are all multiple choice up to a okay. point, um, but these are all multiple choice, so if you need to hear the answers, I will accept a funny answer if you're not entirely sure to save a little face on it. Uh, but what type of match did Ric Flair and Vince McMahon have at Royal Rumble 2002? Was it A, a steel cage match, B, the beloved ladder match, or C, a street fight, or D, is it another I quit match? Which is it? What type of match did Ric Flair and Vince McMahon have at Royal Rumble 2002? A, a steel cage match. B, a ladder match. C, a street fight. Or D, I quit match. So let's see here. We got everybody. So Jeremiah said it was a street fight. Kyle said D, but he also put hair match. Uh, Should have been Song a hair match. said yeah. street fight. <laughs> Or you something on a pole match would be cool. Yeah. So if I'm reading it correctly, yep, everybody said uh, street fight. That Except is for me. I said D. Correct answer. I think you guys had some of the wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got you. I see. What you... Oh, I see what you did there. All right. So it's Song and Jeremiah. I have taken yeah. the lead now. All right. Hey, what did you pick? Right of myself. What, what, I thought what? it was an I quit match. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, I will say I, I kept that in there as a misdirect because it would gotcha. feel appropriate with everything going on. But uh-huh. it was, in fact, a street fight. So, you were uh, so Song and Jeremiah took the lead. <laughs> I, was, I was using my test-taking prep where if I don't know the answer, I always choose D. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, cool. Um, who did Ric Flair, Ric Flair fight it's in his fair. final WWE match at WrestleMania 14? Oh, I'm sorry, 24. I apologize. I'm dealing with Roman numerals here. Uh, WrestleMania 24. Uh, who did Ric Flair fight in his final WWE match at WrestleMania 24? Was it A, The Undertaker, B, Triple H, C, Chris Jericho, or D, Shawn Michaels? All Jerry right. Briscoe. So we got Jeremiah's weight in. Who did Ric Flair fight in his final WWE match at WrestleMania 2024? Was it The Undertaker A, B, Triple H, C, Chris Jericho, or D, Shawn Michaels? All right. 
Um, even though Kyle's got a question mark, I'll give him credit for that one. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think it is. I was like, it, it's Sean, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. It was in fact Sean Michaels. I'll that's, give everybody points on that one. That's the great match where he's like, I love you. Oh, is that the I'm yeah. sorry match? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Uh, right oh, before he tweeted that is, uh, the shit out of him. That's a that's a yeah that's a match that'll give you some goose chills goosebumps. yeah some chills yeah. and the night after that raw the night after where everybody comes out and comes out. Ric Flair's basically sobbing like a little baby yeah I do love that, that every awesome. now and then in wrestling when yeah, you see that even like the heels are like out of character they yeah just to be the man you gotta beat the man this guy. Yeah. Well, that's that. It's that. It's that breaking. It's that breaking character somehow serves the character almost better too. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? And it just reminds you that they're real people, and it's, it's just nice. It right. was uh, as the match of the year by uh, uh, PWI, uh, right in two thousand eight. By the way, understandably oh, so. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, after losing to Mister Perfect in this week's episode, Ric Flair wouldn't appear on WWE until. A, 1998, B, 2001, C, 2003, or D, 2005. So after losing to Mr. Perfect in this week's episode, Ric Flair wouldn't appear on WWE until the year 1998, A, the year 2001, B, the year 2003, C, or the year 2005. This is the first one I've been unsure about for sure. Believe it or not, the professor has caught back up with the correct answer of 2001. Okay, cool. I intentionally kind of prices righted them and put them <laughs> so close just to keep you guys guessing. But the professor nice. is back up and tied across the board. Um, and I've got a few extra tiebreaker questions if we need them. Perfect. But here, this one is not multiple choice. Okay. And this one is probably going to be a stumper, but <clears throat> any guess is a fair guess. Right. On the reality show, Celebrity Swipe, Wife Swap, what <laughs> other WWE legend did Ric Flair swap wives with? So you can just mention the wrestler. If you know uh, the wife, I'll give you a I think title. I know this one. I think I know it. Okay, fair guess. Jeremiah weighed in with McFoley. That's a fair guess. All right. We got I know this is not right. And don't I, tell me I'm wrong uh, and then say Cactus Jack. So <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I uh, believe I'm not that talented. I, I will say or, if I ever screw that up, I'll give you credit if I did not know that was enough. Yeah, same guy. But yeah. <laughs> to, right. to not steal from Jeremiah, because I also I think it might be that, but I this I know it's not right, but I'd love this. Kyle, movie. if it helps you, if oh. it helps. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. No one got it correct. Uh, so, but Jeremiah guessed Mick Foley. Song guessed Ultimate Wear. Kyle guessed Hulk Hogan. It was actually Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, oh shit. Yes. The hot rod. <laughs> what are you talking about, you bozo? Uh, we're we're going to have to wow. do a, uh, some more featured Ric Flair cool. episodes because there is a lot of good Ric Flair trivia. Oh, he has a million <laughs> stories, man. So this yeah. is a three-way tie. I, I, Picking my favorite child in this one was really hard. <laughs> all right, so we are still all tied across the board here. And I have one other question. And if we don't have an answer here, um, we may have to pick it up in the next episode where I can come up with something on the fly. But I got a good tiebreaker. So recently, the Smithsonian, in an attempt to make COVID a little more uplifting, they actually granted access to many individuals to use their copyrighted material on their social media. Interesting. I, much to my chagrin, found there is very limited Smithsonian options in terms of wrestling memorabilia. Oh, okay. However, 
The man himself, Ric Flair, did have a featured item on the Smithsonian website. What is it? All right, cool. We got a robe from Jeremiah. All right, cool. Since you all guessed robe, I'm going to guess one more specific for the tiebreaker. Who can guess what specific robe it is we're talking about? All right, cool. Jeremiah's weighed in. Kyle's typing. I'm not sure if the color was right, but the match is what I want. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, if you've, got, if you've got the match, Kyle, you can include that as well. Okay, cool. All right, Jeremiah's weighed in. Kyle. I like that guess, though, Kyle. That's a fair guess. Um, oh, is that not right? Damn. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to say that's a fair guess on all these. That's kind of my way of, like, acknowledging it without giving anything away. But, but yeah. All right, I got I to gotta say, Jeremiah takes it. Which also, if you recall, answers our tiebreaker from a f- previous episode, giving Sh- Jeremiah his first victory on the board. Yes. Song with his one win. Um, the game, guys. Answer. And Jeremiah, as this I watched you get closer and closer, I was like, this oh, if he gets the third rigged. piece. That was a really right? close one, guys. Was it was crazy. the blue robe from WrestleMania 24, 2008, worn by professional Rick the Nature Boy Flair uh, from his final match. That's a good one. Okay. Woo-hoo. Okay. And yeah, that, guys, all you I, I will say it's there. still rigged. It's rigged. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, listen, man, uh, this was awesome. That was a great round of Ric Flair trivia. Great. I hope yeah. that, uh, that our listeners learned something new today. Uh, and we want to just remind you, as always, write them, saw your might, read them. Uh, we, we welcome questions, uh, trivia questions. We welcome uh, uh, questions about us personally. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you think of the show. Anything else to add, guys? Or are we done for the day? Um, I just say use any of those platforms, Instagram, Facebook, yep. wherever, email, wherever you see our name. We're probably reading it. <laughs> yep, right after this, we have our little recorded deal you'll hear. Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at pinthechamppodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pinthechamp123. And our Google Voice number is 804-446-1139. We can't wait to hear from you.